chapter 8, verse 5 says, some of these things I'm going to read for you tonight, you've heard it before, but I'm going to share with you from a different um, viewpoint uh, some things that I want you to now start focusing on. Luke chapter 8, verse 5 says, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. And it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture or depth. And some fell among thorns, and thorns, and, and the thorns sprung up, sprung up with it and choke it. And others fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit. A hundredfold, and we know in other texts it says sixtyfold and thirtyfold. The point is it sprung up. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that had an ear to hear, let him hear. And his disciples asked him, saying, What might this parable be? And he said, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables that seeing they might not see and hearing they might not understand. Now, I want to stop there for a second and point out something. Jesus is saying he used parables to make sure his children, his disciples will hear and understand and see and know what they're seeing. So it goes back to what we have uh talked about before or probably picked up on that sometimes we're trying to explain things to people, uh, Bob, that are not Christians, that are not disciples of Jesus, and you're wondering, they're not getting it. There's a reason. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. And so while it might seem, because of how sometimes we perceive who God is, because it might seem like, you know, this is what we keep thinking. God loves us and God cares about everybody that he's not going to let you not understand. We got to we got to start understanding the ways of God and not get caught up in what we think love is. Because what we consider to be love, we're expecting God to act it out that way. And what God considers to be love, because he is love, he is doing it his way. And so sometimes we can be misunderstood, misguided, I should say, because we're thinking that, well, love means I get whatever I want. Well, why would somebody love you and give you something that will destroy you? Just, just saying. And so he's saying, I spoke in parables so my disciples will see and perceive and hear and really understand. Another thing we need to look at there, you can be hearing but not understanding. You can be seeing but not perceiving the way the Lord wants you to perceive. So this is sometimes how we can go astray is because we can say, but I went to church and I heard certain things and, you know, and you feel like, well, I'm supposed to be okay. I'm doing the right things. No, you got to make sure it's all making sense and working out according to the word of God. And we'll get into that just a tad bit more as we go along. Verse 11 says, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear, then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their heart, lest they should believe 
and be saved. So, sometimes we come to church. We come to Bible study. And I speak the word of God. And as soon as you get outside, the devil will do things. Of course, the devil cannot be seen. So he does it from a standpoint of the invisible realm that you can't see. He causes things to happen in the invisible realm to get you to be focused on something totally different from what you just heard. He just snatched the word from you. So he can't literally take it from you. But what he does is he stirs things around your life or in your life for you now to be so consumed and focused on that, that what you just heard in church is of none effect. That's what it means by you hear and the devil steal it. So I've learned over the years that when God is doing something in your life, the devil is coming on strong. Or when God is about to do something in your life, the devil is going to come on strong and stir to get you out of position. How can he get you out of position? Do things that cause you to disobey God. That's how he gets you out of position. So just say God is getting ready to do something special in your life. The devil will cause something to happen in your home to make you say, I can't go to church tonight. You're ready to go to church and you know I'm going to church. And all of a sudden something happens. The kids do something crazy. Your, your spouse do something crazy. Something happened just that you got to stay home and you're wondering what in the world. Because something was going to get transmitted to you in church and the devil knew it. And he says, oh no, you won't get that tonight. Got to learn how these things work. So that's what it means by he will try to steal stuff from you. Verse 13, they on the rock are they which when they hear receive the word with joy and these have not root which for a while believe and in time of temptation fall away. I love this one because I've watched this over the years. So there's some people that come to church. One day when we get some music and the music is rocking, you'll see how it work. <laughs> so we'll, we'll come to church and the music rocking. And they come to church and they start rocking with the music. Bob, they just having a good time and they dancing and they just having a good time. And probably after about 30 days, you don't see them anymore. No, they didn't have themselves out the building. While it's easy... They can make it. But as soon as, what they say, temptation came, they couldn't handle it because the seed wasn't really growing and producing anything. It was just, they, it just sound good to them. Like, like, remember I always tell you about the guy that used to follow me around and wanted to know this, the word of God that I knew. Can you tell me about that? And where do you find that in the Bible? It was just going shallow. It was going in his mind because he was just getting the word to, to impress people. He wasn't getting the word for the word to change his life. He just wanted me to tell him where to find scriptures and what the scriptures were all about. So he can be like, yeah, I know it. Having a good time. But the word wasn't doing anything in his life because as soon as temptation came, he fell to that temptation because the word never really did anything. It was just something he wanted to have to just have head knowledge. So now you understand why you can see people that can quote scriptures and you're wondering, well, why aren't they living? Because the word of God is very impressive. It really is. If you study the word of God, you can begin to speak some things in a very if you want to say intelligent way, where people will be impressed with, oh, how do you know that? 
And so some people come to church and they start gathering the word just to look impressive. But the word is not doing anything. And so when temptation come, boom, they give into temptation, they fail. And you're wondering, what happened? The Bible talks about them. Verse 14, and that which fell among thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. Got that one? This one is the one where, okay, you got the word, you're doing good, but your problems overtook you. Pleasure overtook you. Can I tell you this? I've learned this. This is guaranteed. Sister Hadia, I watched it. I watch it. I can't tell you. I watch this in my life and I watch it in other people's life. And here's a big secret that if you can know this and practice it, you will be fine. Anytime we as children of God have a problem and we talk about that problem too much. And every time something goes, we, the problem, and we lean on that problem, it's always that problem. And there's all, and that problem, no matter what happens in your life, that problem is just so, always so big. No matter how great things are going in your life, that problem. And you give so much attention to that problem, the more attention you give to the problems in your life, the bigger they become. And they just choke out the word of God out of your life. And one day you're going to find yourself just, a, you're going to find yourself away from God. And you're going to wonder, well, how? I didn't do anything wrong. See, I'm realizing more and more that people that do something wrong probably have more hope than people that are hurt or than people that have problems. Which everybody have problems. What do I mean by that? What do you mean by that, preacher? When you do wrong, you realize I've done wrong. And you just, you go cry to God and ask for forgiveness. You repent because you know you did wrong. But when you're going through things that are hurtful or things that, that are problems that you didn't cause, it stays around longer because in your mind, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm telling you what I know. And so you start giving too much energy to it because, because in your mind, why is this happening to me? I didn't do anybody wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. Why is that person being this way to me? And it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And before you know it, you can't feel God. You can't hear God and God can't work in your life because you made the problem bigger than the problem really is. And now you're blaming everybody you want to blame. But somebody that, that just one day woke up and, you know, just had a hard day and just, you know, fell to temptation. They normally say, oh, man, I just messed up. And they can see it. And they go and work at it. And I'm watching that this is a big problem among God's people. Hurt and a bad situation is destroying a lot of people. Because the hurt... And the problem is, 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 is getting too big in their life because they talk about it so much. And every time they go somewhere, them and somebody talking. Every minute you tell, every time you turn around, they talking to somebody about it. Or if they're not talkers, they just hold on to it. And everything that happens in their life, they equate what's happening around them to that problem that's in their life. That hurt that they sustained. And it becomes so big. And before you know it, you isolate yourself. Before you know it, you're frustrated. You don't want to talk to anybody. 
Those are the most dangerous situations. Talk about it here. It says the riches and the pleasures and, you know, the cares of life choke out the word of God. And so while the word of God was in you, you, you can't utilize it. You can't allow it to work in you because the problems has got so much. The problem, problems, I don't know. I've noticed this with men. I don't know how it is with women. But when there's a lot of problems in men's life, they get tired easy and they want to sleep. Watch out when a man want to sleep all the time. It means he's worn out. And, and then you got to stop and say, well, does he work construction or does he work manual labor? And if he doesn't, he's, he's worn out by problems that he's not telling you. I just gave you some information. I'm just telling you, I'm telling you, if the dude got to lay down a lot and he doesn't work construction and he's not doing manual labor all the time, it means he's got some stuff on his mind and it's wearing him out and he just needs to just relax. He needs to sleep. Just... That's for free. (laughs) Verse 15. But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Lot there. All right. So for the past few weeks, we have been talking about plowing, sowing, watering, and harvesting, right? That's what we've been talking about. Plowing, sowing, watering, and harvesting. And so we've been talking about that. And so tonight we're going to talk about sowing the right seed. Sowing the right seed. If you want mango, got to sow mango seed. If you want apples, got to sow apple seed. You want oranges, got to sow orange seed. If you want the things of God, you're going to have to sow what is called the word of God. Verse 11 in the text we just read says this. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Don't ever forget that. The seed is. Is the word of God. And if you even want to go deeper, just so in case somebody listens to this on the internet, I'll make them know that I'm, I, I know this too as well. The seed is Jesus Christ. But I'm not going to teach on that. I just want you to know in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So when you say this, the, 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 the seed is the word of God, you're also saying the seed is Jesus Christ. So when you have the word, the seed, you have Jesus. So we clear on that? So understand that the seed is the word of God. Don't ever forget that part. The seed is the word of God. We sow seeds all the time without realizing that we sow in seeds. Well, preacher, how are you going to say that? Well, here's where I'm going to, what I'm going to tell you about that. The Bible says the seed is the word of God. And we were made in the image of God. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you that our words, ours, is our seed, Bob. If the word of Jesus Christ is the seed, then the words that we speak is our seed. So wherever we go and we start speaking, 
we're sowing our seeds. We're sowing our seeds. Wherever we go, whatever conversation we're having, whatever we're trying to convince people of, whatever we're saying, we are sowing our seeds. Uh, yeah. Your seed can only produce humanity kind of things. Or let me say it this way. The Bible calls it this way. Your seed can only produce carnal things. Because what we say, mango seed can only produce mango. Orange seed can only produce orange. So every seed produced after its kind. So when you sow your seed, it's producing after its kind. So when you sow your seed, you can only produce carnal things that is about you. Nothing spiritual will come from what seed you sow of yourself. So if I just keep giving myself, sowing of myself, then all I'm going to be able to reap is stuff about myself. You can't reap anything spiritual from what you sow on your own. Carnal sowing, you will reap Carnal things. You sow your seed, you will produce the things of humanity or your carnality. You sow the seed of God, you will produce godly things. So let's get that in perspective now. So as I go about my life every day, the more I talk about me, the less godly things I'm going to encounter or receive or experience. So you want to know how to experience godly things? Sow the seed of God. But if all I do is walk around and talk about me, I'm going to sow the things of me. I won't be able to receive anything that's of spiritual content if I'm sowing me. I don't care how smart I am. I don't care how much I know of God or know God. If, if I can know all about God, but if I keep sowing my seed, I'm still getting me. If you sow your seed, you're only getting you. We, we good with that? When we open our mouth and speak, we are sowing seeds. The question we have to keep asking ourselves, what seed am I sowing or whose seed am I sowing? We get so many things back in life. You know, old time people used to say, uh, I try to remember the word that, that they would use. But the bottom line is what they're trying to say is, and some people say it today, um, what they call it? We say that, but um, I can't remember, you know, sometimes we, we, we say it a certain way. What goes around comes around? Karma. There you go. We call it karma. We say what goes around comes around. And what we're really saying is we've been sowing our own seed. And you can't help but to only reap what you sow. So if you're sowing your seed, you're going to be reaping stuff about you. And so if you sow your stuff and you're a mess, then you're going to reap a mess. And so now we want to wonder, well, why am I going through this? Well, go back and look how, what kind of seed you were sowing. 
Was I sowing my own seeds or was I sowing God's seed? And so we need to kind of start thinking about that uh, because we do a lot of conversing throughout our day and we don't realize all the con- conversations that we're having, all the people that we're talking to, the things that we're thinking, the things that we're listening to, the things that we're talking about, the things that we're reading. Those things will consume us and they will cause us to give those things out. And so we have to be careful. Seeds will eventually grow and produce things after its kind. Seeds will eventually grow and produce things after its kind. John chapter 1. Verse 14. This is very, very, very important piece of scripture here. You know, we use it a lot of times to prove to people that God became man and it can be proven that way. But we can take it a little deeper and understand some other things about this. So John chapter one, verse 14 says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Let me tell you what's just like incredible about that text. And I think we overlook it sometimes and miss some things that can really help us. Our words, the Bible says, and the word became flesh. Our words are not tangible. You can't hold words. You can't touch words. Yeah, you can write them on a piece of paper and touch the paper. But are you touching the word or are you touching the paper? So our words are not tangible. We can't hold them. And so this text says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And I'm here to tell you because God made us in his image He has caused us to be able to do things like he does. And so if God's words can become flesh, your words can become flesh. (laughs) Okay. So here's how it works. Sometimes you just have a thought. If you don't do anything about the thought, nobody knows about the thought. How many of us just have thoughts in our mind? Nobody knows what they are. But when we start acting those thoughts out, those are our words, and they become flesh. And so you are creating every day by the things that you are thinking and speaking and you don't even realize it. You're sowing seed. And sooner or later that seed is going to grow and begin to produce fruit. What kind of fruit will it be? Only you will know what kind of seeds you are sowing. And so in your thought pattern, there are thoughts that comes up. And most of the time we want to blame the devil for thoughts. No, there are your thoughts. It's just a pattern of your mind through your experiences, through the things that you've encountered, through the things that you've done or not do. And so most of the things that you, you have in your mind, the thoughts you have in your mind, it's you. It's not the devil. It's you. It's not the devil. Forget about the devil. You're not that important for the devil to be filling your minds with his thoughts. Your mind is filled with the thoughts 
of you because of your experiences. And so these thoughts that you have, if, if, if you speak them and act on them, they become flesh, meaning they become visible and tangible because now they're doing something. All right. I'll help you out a little bit more in case that one went over your head a little bit. The word of God says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. What the scripture is saying, that God's word became Jesus Christ, who is man. And any time the manifested word become, any time the, the word of God become manifested, it is now the glory of God. So when your words become manifested, it's your glory. But when you carry out the word of God and it becomes manifested, it's God's glory. And so the glory of man is man's word. The glory of God is God's word manifest. So both sides are working the same way. Your words manifested is your glory. This is why we say so much of ourselves. This is why we talk about ourselves all the time. Because it's our glory. When we manifest what we say about ourselves, when we make what we think and what we know and begin to speak them and act them out, when we do that, what we're really doing is piling on our own glory. Look at me. (laughs) We were made in His image. So our words manifest is our glory. So you can have your glory if you want. But in order to produce God's glory, we have to manifest God's words. The seed. Your words, your seed, God's word, his seed. So, when we read the scripture and we obey the scripture, we are manifesting God's glory. Ah, okay. You need an example. So, when the Bible says, when we, good one, when we love like God love, we manifest God's glory. When we love like we love, we manifest our glory. In case... You don't understand the two. Your love have stipulations. God's love has no stipulation. What we say, when there's love, there's no rules. When there's no love, there's a whole lot of rules. You get that? Let me explain it to you. When people don't love one another, they start almost drawing up a contract. You do this, I'll do this. You don't do this, I won't do this. What is that? Can you imagine God was negotiating whether he should come to heaven or come to earth or not? They sinned. Okay. Um, I'm going to go, but I'm going to make sure they have to do this. That's not what he said. It says, for God so loved the world, he didn't negotiate, 
he became flesh and came down and, and gave his life in, in exchange for our life. I didn't read anything in any of that where he was meditating on how we need to repay him or what we need to do. No, he did it. And he says, you don't have to pay me, but if you want to get to heaven, now you got to obey me. But you don't have to repay me. You don't have to do anything. So what we call love usually has some stipulations and usually has some rules in it. But when man, listen, I get this from the Lord. When we say we love somebody, nothing should be able to change that. Yeah, I know some people don't want to agree with that, but I'm just telling you the word. God says I'm married to Israel. He's married to us. And the bottom line is this. He says, whatever you do, I won't divorce you because I love you. I'm not letting you go. Now, if you want to walk away from me, that's on you. I can't control you. But me, my responsibility is I love you and I will never stop loving you. Nobody can do anything to make you stop loving them when you say you love them. So when somebody says, well, they hurt me, I don't love them no more. You never did love them. <laughs> That's heavy. But I'm just telling you, God's love and your love is two total different things. If you, but if you love like God loved, then you are loving God's way and then you're good. But we're just trained because even our children, as we raise them up, we're just trained to say, uh, my parents love me because they give me what I want. And when my parents don't give me what I want, they don't really love me. That's what we think. Yeah. Hmm. But if you want God's glory manifested, you're going to have to sow God's word. Because God's word will only produce God's things. And if we want our glory manifested, then we sow our words and our words will produce carnality, our things. Uh. When we obey the word of God, we manifest the word of God, which is the glory of God. Where the seed is sown and kept, the things of God will be produced. Where the word, seed, is sown and is kept, the things of God will be produced. What am I saying? We are not seeing a lot of the things of God that we desire to see. Let me say it that way. Because we're not sowing the word of God enough. It takes effort. It takes really going out your way. It takes uh, breaking some of the things that you always done a certain way. You, it takes work to change things. I was talking to my little brother today and he was telling me something about a situation with his son. And he, I said, brother, let me tell you something. This will help everybody here. Things don't happen by the time you catch up to it. It, don't, it didn't just happen the very moment you caught up to it. It was happening long before you caught up to it. And so you finally caught up to it and you think you can fix it just in a little bit of time you're going to spend with it? Don't work that way. If you've been doing something, if somebody's been doing something for a long time, it, it has some roots and some tentacles under there. And you're just not going to just come in and swoop in and just think you just throw a little something to it and all of a sudden it's going to fix I said, little bro, it don't fix that easily. You got to put time in, time in, time in, because it's it's harder rooting something up and getting it out than planting that seed. Think about it. When we sow, we just 
and water and water and, and, and before you know it starts growing. But when that thing starts growing and the roots get out and the things start going and now all of a sudden it's a problem. Oh, you got to do some work to get rid of that. And so sometimes we think problems get fixed like, oh, now that I know it, I'm just going to get on it and I'll, I'll fix it right up. <laughs> really? It's going to take a minute to fix some stuff up. A lot of stuff that we're dealing with as parents, as adults, different things. It takes a lot of work to get it straightened out. And what we don't want to do, and I try to practice this, is not overreact. Don't overreact because that thing didn't happen overnight. It took some time and you weren't paying attention when it was going bad. And now that you finally know and realize that it has gone bad, it's going to take you some time to get it straightened out. It won't get straightened out overnight. So don't get frustrated and all of a sudden just, oh, it's just not going to be fixed that easily. It's not going to be corrected that easily. And so we have to take our time. We can't do our own thing and expect to get God results. Man, that's a big thing right now. Oh, that's a big thing right now. We doing our own thing and get God results. It won't work. Let me give you an example. If a church is just in a community, get this one because this is important. If a church is just in a community, Bob, and the church is there just to say, we're a church community. If you have problems or you need prayer, we're here. Just come on in and we'll pray for you. We'll love you. If that's all the church does at that point, it will not produce anything. I know that sounds harsh. God did not put church there for we for us to put a sign outside and say, church, come on in. God established the church so we can go and touch people's lives so people will know who Jesus is and one day make it to heaven. And so if the church don't realize that her purpose is to manifest God's kingdom to touch lives, that lives can be changed and saved, any church that do not understand that and don't do that, they're just going to have a group of same people coming in every week, reading Bibles, worshiping, praying, same every week. Nothing will be different. Because, I don't know if you ever heard me say this. The power of God always comes with the purpose of God. God's power will only manifest where there's God's purpose. God don't have to manifest His power if His purpose is not involved. Why would God need to manifest His power if you're doing what you want and God is saying, no, that's not what I want. So God's purpose will, will always produce His power. Our power. So the power of God will always show up when the purpose of God is being met. Give you an easy one. If if I'll I'll change up and we'll try to do it on Sunday. I need to say this more to y'all, even though I shouldn't, because that's how I think. But I'm, I got to get past myself. But as I preach, sometimes I need to say, let's give God some praise for a moment. And just stop preaching so we can all praise God. 
Now, in my crazy way of thinking, people should just praise God. But that's just me thinking crazy. It don't work like that all the time. But here's the story. If while I'm preaching and I said, let's take a moment to praise God and we all do it, we will all experience the power of God. You see what I'm trying to get, get through to you? So, so you will experience the power of God when the purpose of God is being met. So if God says, my people must praise me and we praise him, his power will show up. See what I mean by we're always looking for God's power and God's stuff, but we do our own thing. So if you come to church on a Sunday and we're preaching and the presence of God is here, but you never do anything, guess what? You won't really leave with too much. But if when the preaching is going on and you feel like that's speaking to me and you just get up and begin to raise your hand and you begin to praise God by clapping your hands, you begin to worship God, you will experience the power of God. And maybe whatever is going on in your life, God will just do something miraculous to wipe it all out. Because the power of God must show up in the purpose of God. But if I come in and I just just chill and I'm just there and I'm like, okay, that's good. I'm within myself. I can only produce myself. James chapter 1, 22, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in the glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh in the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. So the word of God is trying to tell us, if we hear and do the work or do what the word says, obey the gospel and don't listen, just listen, we will get results. If we come to church and we obey the word of God and not just listen to the word of God, we will get results. So this is why sometimes I get to church and I can, I remember I used to tell you that I would, um, I would, uh, pray sometimes when I would start service in our old church, I would start service and most people when they start service, eh, they'll pray about five, seven minutes. Brother Tube, sometimes I found myself 20 minutes in. I said, Lord, what's going on here? Why am I 20 minutes in? But what usually happened is, I pray until something happened. I don't do things with God through formality. I, don't, I can't do that. I, I don't understand that. So I take God literally, and so I don't do God stuff out of formality. So if I'm praying, I'm praying till I sense that the Spirit of God begins to do something in me. Forget about everybody else. I'm talking about me. So I will stand there and I will pray. And if I don't feel like God is destroying yokes and I don't feel like God is liberating me and I don't feel like God is speaking, I'm praying and I'm sweating. I remember the first night the pastor told me, I want you to go open up service and just be yourself. Man, I don't know what happened to me. I lost it. 
I must have been praying for 25 minutes. But poor church. And I had none of these. Because, you know, I wasn't expecting nothing. I'm just a guy just, you know, coming to church. And the pastor tell me, I want you to go up there and I want you to pray tonight and open up our service. And just be yourself. And I was being myself. I got done. You thought I preached two hours. <laughs> Woo! You thought I preached two hours. I was so wet when I was done. But. I just always believe that. You pray until something happened. And so if you just want to pray out of formality, Lord, we love you. Lord, you know, okay. I hear you. As a matter of fact, I get a little crazy. Now, if I, I pray till I talk in tongues. All right, let me move off of that. I'm going to mess with y'all. But be you dudes of the word and not hearers only. Obey the gospel and do not merely just listen to the gospel. I got one for you. Check this out. Matthew 7 verse 21 says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. If you go and look at 22, Matthew 7, 22, 23, 24, that's the text that starts following up by saying, Lord, didn't we prophesy in thy name? Lord, did we cast demons out in your name? And Jesus is going to say to them, depart from me for I never knew you. You know what I, you know what you really realize out of that text? By just speaking God's word, you're sowing the seed. So you're going to get God things from just speaking God's word. Come on, follow me here. This is why we get crazy because sometimes we're wondering, they don't seem like they're all living right, but they're acting like, well, you can sow God's seed and it's going to still do what God's seed does. This is why they were able to cast out demons. This is why they were, because they were sowing God's seed. You, God's seed will do God things. And so they sowed God's seed and it produced God things, but they never had a relationship with God. So people that don't have a relationship with God can see God results around them. Because they were sowing God's seed. God can't help, but if his seed is planted, it got to grow and produce God fruit. So this is why these people talk about, we prophesied in your name. We did great miracles in your name. And he says, get out of here. I didn't even know you. Because God is not interested in just you being a hearer of his word and then repeating his word. He's not interested in you getting head knowledge and being able to tell people what you know. He's interested in you obeying his word because he wants his word to manifest in your life. He says, when we hear the word and we're not a obeyer of the word, we deceive our own selves. So we come to church and we hear the word and we don't obey the word. We're wasting our time because we are deceiving ourselves. Self-deception. That's what we're really doing. Only by obeying the word of God can we go on to glory. Go to heaven. So we can have a pretend life while we're here in earth by coming to church, speaking the word of God. Seeing some things happen, but still never get to heaven. Because we were just speaking, 
meaning sowing the seed, the word of God, but we weren't obeying it ourselves. We were just telling everybody. God loves you. God said, cast all your cares upon him. You tell everybody that because you read that. God said he's coming back for a church without a spot or a wrinkle or any such thing. God says, if you love me, keep my commandments. God says, if you repent of your sins and you get baptized in Jesus' name, he will fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And one day, if you live righteous, you will get to heaven. You're telling all that stuff. And that's all true and it will happen. But you didn't have a relationship with God. That's what he means by being a hearer and not a doer. Because you hear it, you you say it, but you're not doing it. And that will cost you to lose out on heaven. All right, so I'm finishing up here. Getting ready to land them. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 23. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the word of God. So again, seed, word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. The word of God abideth forever. And so sometimes, Brother Barr, Sometimes we sow the seed, the word of God, into people's life. And we're waiting for results. And that result gets you crazy because you're not seeing it. But the Bible says the word, the seed, is incorruptible and it lasts forever. So I think we need to get on the ball and start realizing Take yourself out of it, because that's where you get frustrated. Sow the seed, which is the word of God, and take yourself out of it. You're not God, and you can't produce the results. And because the results not coming when you think it should come, that doesn't mean you stop sowing or stop watering. It just means God and the seed, God and the and the ground will work together to bring forth fruit. Does that work? The seed is the word of God. The heart of people is the soil, the ground, and the soil and the seed work together to bring forth fruit, to create a tree and bring forth fruit. And you have nothing to do with that. It's like, I mentioned this the other day, God is the only one that produced miracles. But somehow we, 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 we tend to Believe that we have something to do with it. You want me to prove it to you? If Sister Sharon tell me she's sick, and I say, come here, Sister Sharon, let me pray for you to get healed. And she come and I pray for her to get healed, and she don't get healed. She thinks something wrong with me, and I think something wrong with me. That's kind of how we do. And so the next person that gets sick, we don't want to pray no more. I pray for Sister Sharon, she didn't get healed. So now, you know, something wrong with me. No, nothing no wrong with me. Remember, even people that's not living for God can pray for you and you get healed. If we can see in the book that even people that are not in good relationship with God can pray and you get healed, why are you taking responsibility that you living right and you praying and she's not getting healed? Why? We got to let that one go. We got to let that one go. And so, 
If you, if, if you desire the Holy Ghost or you desire to get healed and you come to the altar and you don't get healed, don't worry about it. Just go back and say, all right, God, I guess it wasn't your time yet. I never forgot. And so many of us did it, but I just tell you about me. I never forgot. It took me a long time to receive the Holy Ghost. Uh, and the story behind it is, is because I try to schedule everything the way I wanted it, not the way God wanted it. So that's what happened to me. I don't know what happened to you, why it took you long, but I'm just telling you why it took me long. Right. So I decided I get baptized on February 1st, 1996. I decided that that was a Saturday morning. So I hung out all night, Friday night doing the wrong things because I had it all scheduled. And I figured after I got baptized, then that Sunday night, maybe I get the Holy Ghost. And, you know, maybe if not that Sunday night, maybe another Sunday night. It took me about seven months to receive the Holy Ghost. And so my point is. I didn't have control of receiving the Holy Ghost. Now, I can do my part. I can make sure there's no sin in my life. I can make sure that I have faith. I can make sure I worship God and not beg for the Holy Ghost. But at the end of the day, it's the gift that God gives to us when he desired to give it to us. All I got to do is make sure I live right, do right, and it'll be fine. So I went to pastor and I said, Pastor, it's been a minute I don't have the Holy Ghost. Because you know how my brain started working. What if Jesus come back next week? And I don't have the Holy Ghost. I don't know how you all thought about when you first went to church. But I thought asking the pastor, I said, listen, I don't have the Holy Ghost. And they said you need the Holy Ghost to go to heaven. What if he come back and I don't have the Holy Ghost? And he smiled. Oh, brother, don't worry about it. You'll get it. It's a gift that he wants to give to you. I said, all right, all right, all right. I'm still on edge. I want the Holy Ghost. I don't want him to come back and I don't have the Holy Ghost. Then I started having dreams that he came back and I didn't have the Holy Ghost. Man. Ooh, no, I didn't have to do that. But I tell you, we just got to get to that point and realize God does these things. I don't want you or me to get discouraged because something is not working that God already told us it would do. That's up to him. His timing, how he wants to, whatever. All we got to do is do our part, which is to live right, have faith, don't beg God for it, just worship God, and make sure there is no ill will in your heart towards anybody or any of that. And when God is ready, he will pour out the gift. Remember, you usually when you get a gift from somebody, it's because they want to give it to you. It's not because you earn that gift. They just say, I want to give this gift to you for whatever reason they chose. It's up to them. You didn't tell somebody, well, the kids change nowadays. But, 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 but usually how gifts go is you decide you're going to give somebody a gift. They don't tell you, you better give me a gift. I mean, that changes the tad bit. But the way our God made things to be is, People give gifts according to how they wanted to give gifts. Not according to somebody telling me, you better give me a gift. No, I ain't giving you no gift. And so God decides who he's going to heal, who's going to give gifts to. We can't control that. But what we can control is doing what we're supposed to do. So we just have to be a doer of God's word and not just a hearer only. And if we can hear and then do, then God will do what he said he will do. But we can't get so frustrated with God that we just start getting all, getting bad attitudes and, 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 and having issues with God and then take it out on other people because it's not working the way we should, we want it work. God is the one that ultimately do what he said he's going to do. So don't, don't get upset with anybody. Just, 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 just kind of go with the flow and let it be done. 
So let me finish reading this text for you, verse 24. For all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of... Y'all missed it. Let me, let me go back over it. For all flesh is as grass and all the... Of what? Did I tell you man have glory? You can trust me. Didn't I tell you man had glory? When you sow the words of man or woman, you get your own glory. That's your glory. But when you sow the seed of God and it manifests, you get the glory of God. So when we sow, the Bible says, clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto God. When we clap our hands and we shout unto God, guess what? We manifest the glory of God. And when we do that, then we will see something happen because we obey and we carry out the word of God and God does what he said he's going to do. We need to start doing what God says so we can get God results. That's all I'm saying here tonight. If I, if, I, if I didn't take you in the right direction, all I'm saying to you is God's word, which is a seed, produce the things of God. And you can't get the things of God doing the things of man. And so I don't care how bright you are, how long you've been in church, if the seed you're sowing is your own words. This is why. Can I sneak this in real quick before we finish up? Do your best, even if you can quote the scripture verbatim, study it so you know exactly what it's saying. You follow what I'm saying? Because sometimes we can't quote it verbatim and, 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 and we get all, you know, just saying stuff, but study it to know what it meant. So now when you pray or when you have to carry out that, 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 that Description of God's word, it will manifest God's will because you did it according to what the scripture says. We really need to do that. Just don't throw stuff out. I would really like to see how you guys do uh, if you just take your time and learn the passage of scripture and then understand it. This is why CSTI is great too. We'll learn Sunday. I'm ready to go. You ready to go? Ready to go Sunday. CSTI. Come on, baby. And so, for all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass wither it, and the flower thereof falleth away. So it's telling you, even in our glory, our glory is going to fade away. It's deeper than you think. It's deeper than you think. My Lord, our glory. Think about an athlete. Think about an athlete. You, 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 you was great for a long time and people know you were great. But in the peak of your greatness, people talked about you a lot. But as you got older and you start coming off the scene, they start talking about the new guy. Man, people used to talk about Kobe Bryant all the time. They still throw him in there once in a while now. But they talk about LeBron more than they talk about Kobe. I'm just saying the glory of man will fade away. That's what the Bible said. The glory of man will fade away at some point in time. I saw something the other day that agreed with something that I, that I, that I really believed with all my heart. And somebody said that. Which 
celebrities glory since we're studying glory which celebrities glory will always be the strongest of all the celebrities glory which celebrity seems like they will always be talked about and never stop talking about I already know what it was and somebody proved it because it made me knew I wasn't being biased the strongest celebrity brand what are you smiling at, Sister Wyatt? Tell me. Just their glory, who they are. The strongest brand that will probably never fade away like most brands. So it's a person. Which one? Give me a name. Nope. Y'all should, it should be obvious I'm saying it. Y'all should know why I'm saying it. No, we talking about, we're not, we just talking about man. We talking about the glory of man. There you go. No, 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 no. You said it. Yes. Most brand will never replace that. That's the strongest brand. Why? Because the brand represent a country. America have too many celebrities. So America, we know they're celebrities. England have old celebrities, Beavers and all them. But when you think reggae, I always knew that. But somebody I heard on the radio that ain't Jamaican started saying, I said, now I know I'm right. That's a strong brand. Because he represent a whole country. And then he represent a certain kind of music. That brand not going anywhere. So if the Lord tarried 200 years, 200 years from now, people will know, oh, that dude Bob Marley heard about him. And his music never go anywhere. That's what they say. And because it's not like, you know, like athletes, you, you, you stop playing their, you know, stop watching their games. And, you know, but music, people always listen to it. And no matter what, people always go back to music. I said, oh, Bob, too, Bob, too bad Bob not going to heaven, though. Verse 25. But the word of the Lord endured forever. And this is the word by which the gospel is preached Unto you. If we don't sow the right seed, which is the word of God in our own life and in the life of others, we will not see the will of God done in our life or in the lives that we sow or not sow it in. We have to sow the right seed. And we can't just throw things out. Oh, by the way, the word of God is not like just conversation that you have, meaning you can just use your intellect to spin a conversation the way you want. You got to use that word of God just the way the word of God needs to be used. It only worked that way. And I just want you to know tonight that if you will use, sow the seed, the word of God in your life and in the life of others, you will begin to reap godly things. We don't lack anything. I don't know about you if you've been praying the kingdom prayer like I've been telling you, but when you pray those kingdom prayers, you realize that you have authority and you realize that you really are in control. Oh, yeah, I've been praying it then. I'm real. Listen, I, I, I do it and do it sometimes almost out of look at this, almost like watch this and begin to pray the prayer and watch the result and just smirk and walk away. Oh, let me give you all this real quick before y'all leave. So, so you believe. Y'all better come Saturday nights. So Saturday night, everybody didn't know that came to prayer. I wrote on the board, Winston Hilton. And I wrote what we needed to pray. His wife told me, 
that man is a hard man. I don't know if he's ever going to come to church. I said, just give me a couple weeks on this. She said, all right, all right. And sure enough, Saturday night, these just some days when you pray, you said, I just touched the, I just touched the heavens. Something just happened. And Sunday morning, here come Mr. Winston. Struck this stuff. I said, she was, she was so stunned on, on, she was coming in like, I still don't believe this. That's how she was coming in like, I still don't believe this. I know, don't worry about it, sister. You told me to pray and he was on the board. And he came in and Sunday after service, he pulled me to the side. You know, all that you were saying, I, I knew exactly what you were saying. I was reading something about that eunuch one time. I, I know I need to get baptized. Three people came to me after three male. Winston, um, Jennifer's, Jennifer Lagore's guy that was with her, and then um, um, Kyle that came with Denise. Kyle. So Kyle... Um, the other guy that came with, um, Jennifer Lagore and Winston came up to me. They wanted to get baptized, but it, they just couldn't make it work within themselves. But I just smile because we put Winston on the board. I'm just telling you right there. And I'm just, I'm just telling you it work. Just get this in your brain. Just get this in your brain. People that don't have a relationship with God can pray prayers and it work. Because they're praying the word of God. They're not praying what they think. They're praying the word of God. And God is so good that he says, if you pray my word, if you pray the seed, I'm still going to let it happen. You won't get to heaven, but I'm still going to let what I say go out. It will. My word shall not go out and return unto me void. Whatever he designed his word to go out and accomplish, if that's what you're praying, it will accomplish that. You, you want to tell Bob that? Okay. <laughs> Bob, it's a serious thing when your name go on the board. <laughs> Bob, is it, when we put the name on the board and we begin to pray, your life will never be the same again. And even if they, even if they choose not to allow God to do what he's going to do, they can't be comfortable. They'll always know. I need. I need to get. I need to get to God. Any questions from anybody? I'm good. I'm done. Any questions? Don't forget. Come with suggestions Sunday about where you want to have the Christmas banquet. If you want to go back to New York.